Welcome to the Stories to Love podcast, the podcast where I fangirl over creators and find out all about their inspiration in hopes to boost our own inspiration. I am your host, Tiff Marcello, an inspiration seeker and your resident fangirl. Hi, this is Tiff of the Stories to Love podcast, and this is episode 45. Here with me today is Chandra Bloomberg. Chandra Bloomberg writes funny, heartwarming love stories about characters that feel real and relatable. Born and raised in Michigan, Chandra moved to the Chicago area after majoring in English at Michigan State University. When she's not writing, she enjoys lifting heavy barbells at the gym, making a mess of the kitchen while baking alongside her four kids, and traveling with her family. Her contemporary romance debut, Digging Up Love came out earlier this year, and the second book in the series, Stirring Up Love, will be released in July. In this episode, we discussed her debut, Digging Up Love, which came out January 1st of this year, her dinosaur research, her memoir, and writing unapologetically muscular women in romance. It's been a little more than a month since my last podcast episode, and it's also been about the same amount of time since um, Know You By Heart released. I'm just so thankful for the reception I have received from this book. The conversations I've been having with many of you have been so cool. If you guys don't know, Know You By Heart is the second book in the Heart Resort series, and it is about uh, marriage of convenience. Um If you haven't caught up with the five podcast episodes I rolled out on April 5th, I hope you will go ahead and take a listen. I featured five of my new release siblings. Um, Lots of great things to update. I have been working super hard on my spring or in my for my 2023 novel. Um, But uh, I wanted to say that a couple of weeks ago, I headed to the Chicago and New York City areas to Love Sweet Ariel. Love Sweet Arrow and Word Bookstores to meet readers and to say it was amazing is an understatement. I got to join four other Filipino American authors and that made it so special for me. As I go on this author journey and life journey, I continue to learn and appreciate even the micro communities that I belong to, from the celebrations to events to helping each other out and even to the teams that bring a book to life. This pandemic, I think because we're so remote and we're just starting to come back together, but has really shown how teamwork is so, so important. So it brings me to my inspiration for this week. Um, This week, I've just been inspired by the groups I'm working with from the editorial teams of Lake Union who are helping me web up my 2023 book into shape. And then there's a production team at Montlake. um, And we're doing our final touches and soon to ramp up to my September release named Lucky Streak. And then I'm also revamping my my website with the help of author bites, um, who are so fantastic and just really super professional. Uh, the Philam group that I traveled with a couple of weeks ago, and then the publicist, Leo PR, who helped put it together, and the booksellers of Word Bookstore and Love Sweet Arrow. And then, of course, there's my assistant, Melissa, who I can't live without. I love you. And my mainstay author friends who I check in almost every day. There are a lot of pans in the fire, and I can't do it by myself in 
just in terms of the support and feeling like I'm not alone. So I've really um, felt it this last month. I mean, I've been feeling it, but I really have felt it. Um, It's another reminder we're not alone and that the author journey can be traversed with other people by your side. And it's really with other people. Tall Poppy Writers is a collective, a marketing collective I belong to who are so, so amazing. And we really boost each other up. And then Something Blue is the anthology group I belong to. We just had a release this week um, with 18 wedding stories. So it's just been so much fun. And it has really fulfilled my life. But anyways, that's it with me before I go on and on and become too sappy for my own good. But I appreciate all you who have subscribed. If you haven't, please do. And leave a rating when you can. If you'd like to support this podcast, please grab one of my books for you and a friend on my website at tiffmarcello.com. And here we go to my in conversation with Chandra Bloomberg. Hi there, this is Tiff of the Stories to Love podcast, and here with me today is Chandra Bloomberg. Hello, Chandra. Hi, happy to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is Chandra's debut year for Digging Up Love, which came out January 1st, which is a fantastic way to start 2022. And I was able to read an early copy, um, And it was just fantastic. It was the perfect thing that I needed to read at that moment. And I wanted to invite her on to to kind of tell us about her debut year and how it's going. So tell us more about Digging Up Love. Okay, well, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, So like you said, Digging Up Love is my debut novel. It's a contemporary romance all about a baker and a paleontologist. And so the baker is from a small town in Western Illinois and the paleontologist is from Chicago. And they meet when a giant bone is discovered in the backyard of the home that she shares with her grandparents. So the paleontologist gets called in to identify it. And she's thinking, oh my goodness, this is a huge complication in my life because she dreams of actually moving to the city and opening a bakery. So she's like, what, this giant dinosaur bone, this handsome paleontologist, she's, you know, she's not sure about the whole thing. I I love this book because it's, it was just the perfect tone. So what was the inspiration for this book? Well, it came from a few things. So I have four kids and most, most all of them love dinosaurs. So we're always like watching dinosaur movies and reading dinosaur books. And then I also grew up loving Jurassic Park. It was just something that I, I was a big dinosaur nerd and I loved the books and the movies. So when I was sitting down to um, write this scene, I I wrote a scene about a couple that was on a date at the Field Museum in Chicago, and they were looking at the dinosaur bones, and the guy was explaining all these, and I thought, well, that would be a really great story. I would love to read a book with a paleontologist uh, love interest. So that's sort of where I got the idea for dinosaurs. I, I love it when ideas are just like, they just pop up from nowhere. You know, do you find that that that's what happens with you whenever 
do you, where do you usually find your inspiration? I think a lot of it, yeah, just comes from things that I'm already interested in, you know, obviously baking the dinosaurs. And then, yeah, definitely from books. I feel like sometimes when I'm just feeling not creative, I'll just go and read. And there's just something about hearing other people's stories that really makes you, you know, be like, okay, now I'm, I'm ready. I'm like refreshed yeah. and ready to dive yeah. into something new. Well, I think it's, it's yeah. really neat because, you know, you love Jurassic Park and then your kids love dinosaurs. But you, there was research done in this book. It, it, is, it yeah. is weaved in, you know. So how did you end up, like, finding the research for it? I mean, you, it, it would have to be specific because, you know, you'd have to find a paleontologist. So did you find one? Yes. Yes, I did. So first, I started off by sort of creating a question of things that I might want to know. And I sort of started drafting and I was like, okay, here's what I don't know. I sort of had this extensive (laughs) list of like, you know, you don't know what you don't know until you start. And then once I sort of had an idea of what I might need to know, I actually reached out to a paleontologist at my alma mater. And which was really intimidating for me because obviously I'm a debut author. And I was like, you know, I've never written a book. I don't have credentials, but (laughs) please, you know, would you be willing? And she actually thought that it was a joke. She wasn't sure, you know, but then it's a good thing that I actually had an online presence because she was able to sort of Google me and see, okay, she's for real. And and she was super kind, um, super willing to help out. I actually ended up speaking with two different paleontologists. And so they were just so helpful in um, answering all these questions I had because, of course, it's mentioned in the novel that there are actually no dinosaurs in most of the Midwest, Illinois included. So that part is very much fictional, but I wanted the sort of day-to-day life of the paleontologist to feel real and to be accurate. So they were super helpful in happening with that and then just a ton of reading and watching YouTube videos. So You know, it's so easy to go down the, the rabbit hole of research, right? Yeah. And it, it, it must, must have been so good to have somebody be able to kind of direct you because... You know, there's so much information out there, but it definitely is in a novel. Like it's totally weaved in, so it's seamless. But I was when I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, she's talked to some real paleontologists. Yes, here. definitely. Oh, they were so helpful. Yeah. Oh my, and you know, you talked about your debut year. So and and as being a debut author, so that must how what was that road like for you was it a long road to this first book or was it shorter than you expected what was your what was your author well so i originally had started well i i've been writing since i was a kid obviously and in college i sort of i had drafted a romance novel that it will never see the light of day (laughs) but i did like i've always loved romance i've loved writing fiction but when i became a mom my writing sort of slipped into more the nonfiction realm I was writing essays about motherhood and I actually had a book on like a memoir about motherhood humor querying when the pandemic shutdown hit. And at that point, it was just very much all of us in the house together. And I thought, you know what, it'd be nice to switch to fiction and just get a little break from writing about real life. So that's when I started drafting up Digging Up Love. So from the time that I started drafting Digging Up Love to its publication was, you know, just over a year, I guess. But I like I felt like the journey um, was longer for me because I had been working in the nonfiction realm before that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you and I share an agent. It's Rachel Brooks mm-hmm. of Bookends Literary yes. Agency. So, it, I, you know, I was so lucky to be able to connect that way. But how interesting that you wrote, you were writing essays. Is that what you said? Yes, essays. And then I had a book on, well, a, a draft of um, a motherhood manuscript, but I didn't have sort of the online presence okay. to be a nonfiction author. And fiction has always had my heart. 
So I was really excited. I just, you know, it's sort of that thing where people tell you it's sort of like hitting the lottery to get a book deal or to get an agent. And so I had sort of believed that. And I told myself, oh, why try? And I thought, why not try? Yeah. And I love that you wrote, I, I love that you've drafted a memoir. I think that's so fantastic. So do you, that's not, are you trunking that or are you going to do something yeah. more with that, with that? I think, I think it's okay to let it <laughs> I really, I mean, who knows about the future, but right now I, I'm loving being in the fiction world yeah. and I'm loving getting to write romance, but yeah, it was, it was wonderful to write. And I'm, I'm glad I did it. Uh, and especially as a mom of young kids, it's just really cathartic. You know, I get it. You know what? That when there. my kids were younger, you know, I blogged and that's how I kind of let go mm. of all these emotions because it feels isolating at times. I don't know if you felt that because I had my kids, I had, I have four also, and I had them all in such close um, proximity of one another that I felt like for a phase in my life, I was just like in my house. You know, of course we were like, <laughs> yes. we were like doing the park and yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? But it was like yeah. that figure eight of like home, park, library, school drop off, home, you know. And so writing these these blog posts were like kind of my an exercise in, in expression. So how neat. So you'll always have that. Maybe you'll publish it. Maybe you'll self-puppet one day. You never know. Maybe. My kids are probably happy <laughs> if they don't. <laughs> They'll read it when they're older and they're like, oh, yeah, this is what like, mom really felt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. It was just very much I wrote it because I wanted other moms to realize they're not alone yeah. in this, right? I feel like it's that it's that early motherhood and all, all the stages of motherhood. But that stage that I was in at the time was that early motherhood. And I feel like it can be isolated, even though every mom is yeah. experiencing it. And so I just wanted, yeah, to, to be there to support other moms and make them Oh, that's so cool. So any, okay, so your book came out January 1st, which is like a big hurrah. I mean, talk about welcoming the new year. Do you have any lessons learned or what was the best part of getting to that January 1st? Well, so yeah, it was sort of like, oh my goodness. To me, I'm not a big person who sets New Year's resolutions. And so it's kind of nice because that was a, a fun thing, a way to celebrate the new year. And it's just a whole... Um, it, it was sort of a blur because you have the holiday season leading up to it. And then it was like, here it is. So I felt like, I don't know, I was just sort of in just this glow from pretty much December all the way to now, because <laughs> it's been such a dream come true. But yeah, now I'm starting to be like, okay, real life. I've got <laughs> I imagine, right? Yeah, like, yeah. because, yeah. you know, we've got Halloween, you know, school begins, then Halloween and all this lead up through the holidays yes. and then to New Year's. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's talk about the book. So you've got Alicia and Quentin, and Alicia's a baker. You know, I didn't even ask, like, did you, what did you do to prepare for Alicia's occupation? Are you a baker yourself? I, I love to bake, but nowhere near Alicia's <laughs> level. But I did feel like it was more in my wheelhouse, just because I just am always reading recipe blogs. And like, I love to watch, you know, the baking competition shows and really, every, you know, any sort of where they sit down and bake. And so I felt a little more prepared for to write Alicia, but I did do a lot of recipe research. I researched, you know, what it's like to have a small business, a food-based business. So that's sort of what I looked into when I was writing Alicia. Yeah. And, you know, Alicia is this woman who is, 
you know, she has this huge sense of responsibility for her sister, for her grandparents, and for this restaurant that she's working in, which is her grandparents' restaurant. And then you have Quentin, who has like this, he's trying to also burst out, but he's like really gunning for being this individual. And of course, that clashes. You know, and I'm always so interested in characters, maybe because I also like to write characters who are always trying to find their way in the world, no matter how old they are. So the inspiration of who they are and what they're trying to to accomplish, did that come from someone? Well, I think for me, for Alicia, she's very much trying to find her voice in this. And I think that's in relating to my writing journey. Like a lot of my family didn't even know I wanted to become an author. I'm like, oh, God, you know an agent. They're like, what? You know, and not because I was ashamed of it per se, but just that it was sort of such a sort of pie in the sky idea for me. I didn't have that example in my life of someone who had done this. And I think it's the same for Alicia. She sort of, she has this big dream and she's a little bit afraid to sort of name it and to go out and say it. Yeah. It's, that is a huge thing about naming your dreams, right? And talking about it. It took me a long time too, to say anything. And even now, like, if last night, even I had a like high school Zoom reunion with, you know, with my friends, my older friends, and then they want to talk about me. And I'm like, I don't, (laughs) it just feels odd. I think it's because of how we divide our lives. So I I just briefly talk about it. And then I kind of back off and, and say to somebody else. So now, now that you are, are published, it's a totally different thing, right? You're like, yes, this is totally me, right? But it's still, I think it's still sort of like, I, I actually, on the day that my book came out, we went to the sledding hill because there was a big snowstorm and there were some of their parents there and like, oh, how's your book coming along? I'm like, oh, actually it came out today. <laughs> like, what? You didn't say that, you know, it's just weird to say it, you know, it's just like, yeah. It, it is funny. I'm, I'm also in another book club here. We moved to uh, Kentucky here very recently, you know, over six months ago. And I joined the book club here. I always join a book club with the military uh, spouse community. And I didn't like tell them anything for like the first two, two months. Like I didn't say that I was an author. <laughs> oh, no, that you were right. Oh. Because it's just, if, if, if no one's going to ask me, I don't really come out and tell them because I don't want to pressure them to say something. That's just my thing. But anyway, but yes, I totally understand. (laughs) I'm glad it's not just me. (laughs) So Alicia powerlifts, and she was very specific in saying that powerlifting is different from bodybuilding. It's a completely different thing. So where did that come from? I know that you also like to lift weights or you powerlift. I'm not sure. So yeah, so I like to lift weights. I am not a powerlifter. I've never competed in that sport, but I've been lifting weights for like since college, (laughs) I'm not good with numbers, but a long time. And so through that, I've, you know, I've read a lot of sort of weightlifting magazines and I, you know, have done CrossFit. I've done these different things. And then with the rise of social media, of course, following all of these different women who do all different sports in bodybuilding, uh, powerlifting, you know, CrossFit, all different things. So I sort of, I feel like I have um, this knowledge of the community and it was really important to me to sort of write a heroine who is body positive in a sort of, a different sort of way. I'm so glad that we're starting to see all different sizes of women in romance. That's like, I'm super excited about it. And so I really wanted to add to that and add in a woman who was just unapologetically muscular because we do, we do, we're starting to see that more of them. Like it would just be great to have this woman who has big muscles 
And it's like not a big deal for, you know, the love interest. He he loves the way she looks versus, you know, it being a sticking point or anything. So that that was important to me because I see all these women all the time. And for me, it's it's just natural and it's normal. It's a part of life. So I just love to include that sort of perspective. Yeah. And, you know, Alicia finds herself in that, too. I feel like whenever she power lifted, she had kind of came down to what she wanted and who she was. It was her time. Because to me, like, she's really trying to look for herself, even in the restaurant as she's working there, you know, just that push and pull of wanting of doing her dream or, or going towards her dream, but also like, feeling and working towards the duty that she feels that she needs to um, accomplish, right. And then powerlifting is like her thing. It's, and I love that she had that. Um, because she put and very much just owning. Yeah, yeah. And because there's so much pressure for her to be, I think somebody else because she has to work this restaurant when she actually wants to start her own business. So mm-hmm. I, I really, I really do love that that she has that and it's almost like a stress relief. Like I, it felt to me like it was a stress relief for her too. Yes. And for her, it's not about how she looks. She she makes it a point to say it's about what her body can do, yeah. which is how I feel about weightlifting. Too. I'm just like, it's awesome to go in and have some some realm of your life where you can just set goals and sort of crush these goals yeah. and sort of how you look is like the afterthought. And of course, that's different for everyone um, when it comes to their body. But for her and powerlifting, she just loves it. It's about how much weight she can lift, yeah. not, you know, what her muscles look like. That's just sort of, you know, yeah. a side effect of yeah of her passion. I mean, I think that's so that's so cool. One of my favorite things about this book is the grandparents, you know, Alicia's grandparents. I have such a soft spot for grandparent characters in books, because I have my own memories of my own grandparents and how they just love me. (laughs) Grandparents are just so sweet. There's the food memories that is associated with this book that I connected with, as well as the fact that they can be paternal, but not overly paternal. So now, did you have a grandparent, grandparent role in your life or, or grandparent figures in your life that inspired these grandparents? Yes, I I lived with my grandparents for a time and they've always been close to me. I grew up very near them and even in college lived with them for a time. And so to me, it was very natural to to sort of write these grandparents. They're not really, they're very different than my grandparents, I think, especially her grandpa. (laughs) At times, sort of, you know, a tough character. But yeah, I just, I felt comfortable writing sort of that role, the grandparent, granddaughter role, especially because mine have sort of, not at all replaced my parents, but we have that really close bond that she shares with hers. So yeah, it was sort of, it came from a personal place, something that I felt yeah. comfortable in writing. And it's neat because Alicia's grandmother has like this friend, a neighbor, who's like really quirky. <laughs> You've built a nice, a nice environment for these for Quentin and Alicia to be able to grow. And I can tell from the next book, Stirring Up Love, is that is that correct? Did I say that? Yes. That yeah. this is going to be Alicia's sister. Is that correct? Yeah, the next book is Alicia's sister, and it's more of the small town of Hawksburg. And I feel like it's great because you get a different perspective. Yeah. So Alicia, as much as she loves her town, she really just wanted to get out yeah. of there. She was like, I want to get to the city. And so you sort of see it from her perspective. And so in this next book, you see it from her sister's perspective. Um And just all of the love that there is in this town and sort of all the different characters even come more into play. There's a lot of quirky characters that I had so much fun writing um, in this small town. Yeah, Hawksford. I mean, it's I feel like there's a lot of characters that you can pull from for future books. Mm -hmm. And that is my total catnip. Like I love 
I love like the setup of a new town and a new place and like me guessing who is going to be starring in the next book. Now tell us about mm-hmm. Steering Up Love. Like, do you, can you share a brief synopsis of it? Um, so uh, first of all, it's Arrivals to Lovers, <laughs> which was really fun to write because <laughs> it's got, you know, that sort of spicy banter. And Simone is very much, she she doesn't filter herself. <laughs> so she's very spunky and I had a lot of fun with that. And it's about the rival is a chef. And so they sort of, the book starts out with them going toe to toe in a farmer's market. So it's very much, it's got all these different small town characters that are pulled in that there. And then they also, also face off on a reality show. So it's, it's got a lot of banter and it's got, you know, they're very, it's sort of gloves off. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I really leaned into the rivals to lovers. And I think it, it's just, it's really funny and also warm. So it's it's interesting because Rivals to Lovers is so hard for me to write because it's it's a completely different. I, I am like a second chance romance where it's like, oh, they're back together. So was it hard for you to switch over to Rivals to Lovers? I think so. I think I just I had a lot of fun with it. I also second chance romance is like my favorite and friends yeah. to lovers. I'm just like, oh, it's so <laughs> it yes. just pulls at your heart, right? Yeah. I love it. But I think it came easier because of Simone, okay. the main yeah. character. Yeah. It was just once I had her voice, I was like, she can't really have anything else, right? So it it really worked for her. I felt like she needed someone who was gonna give as good as you know she was yeah. giving. So it their chemistry to me it clicked with with the rivals to lovers. Yeah. Well, I love it too because. It makes me feel better for Hawksburg and for for the grandparents, right? Because if Alicia is leaving, there's somebody else coming <laughs> in. Because I felt like, oh, no, they're going to be left behind. Of course, everybody should be, you know. That's just yeah, hard. it's yeah. just like, oh, no. But I feel like it at the very end of Digging Up Love, I was like, okay, everybody's going to be great. Everybody's <laughs> going to be fine. You want everyone to hear yeah. for Yeah. Now, when is that? So Stirring Up Love is due to come out at the end of July, okay. July 26th. Wow. Yeah. And and then are you working on something else beyond that? Or are you just kind of drafting right now? Just drafting yeah. now. Yeah. It's sort of not not there yet, but I'm having a lot of fun oh, with my that's... new project. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's been a great thing, too, to sort of ease the nerves of having a book come out is just diving into something new. Yeah. I'm like, because if I didn't have that, I think I'd just... <laughs> You know, yeah. well, stress city. But yeah, it's sort of fun to have something that's separate, that it's not no one else's eyes are on yet, you know, just sort of be in that fun stage of getting it down on the page. It is such a special time when when you're just working on something fun, right? And it's not mm-hmm. under contract. Now, do you have any lessons learned at all in this in this debut year? Any big things that jumped out at you for this time? Well, one of the things I think I touched on this earlier is that definitely if you're um, a writer who's interested in being published, do not let the scary stories that you might have heard hold you yeah. back. Because first of all, the well, the writing community is so welcoming in general. You know, if you're pre-published or whatever, it doesn't matter. People want to cheer you on in your journey. Everyone is there to support you. And I have just had such a wonderful experience on social media and any of the authors I've interacted with. Everyone is just amazing. And everyone's been there, a beginner at one time. So that's that was something that I learned is like, I could do this. It wasn't, you know, just something that would happen, you know, by miracle or something. If I was, you know, gonna put in the work and and figure out how to do it, then it was achievable. So that was that was really key for me. That's awesome. So do you have any books that I always ask folks, do you have any books to recommend to us? 
Yeah. So I have, there's so many authors <laughs> that I love. One author that I think has, both of her books are great, but the one that came out this year is Denise Williams. She wrote a book called The Fastest Way to Fall. I believe, right? Yeah, it's her newest book. And it's, it's again, with the body positivity. It's a woman who falls for her trainer. And it's got that sort of friends to lovers vibe that we were talking about. And it's got the, is it where it's letters? Epist- epistolary. Epist- yes. I, epistolary. I, I might be yeah, saying it so, wrong. Because that also trips me yeah, it's, the same as, it's the same as Shark Tukery board. It just... I oh, guess. yeah, that's I'm tricky. I'm always yes. like, I can't say it. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. But it has yeah. that element. And that's what I love yeah. when there's the back and forth. Because that's in Digging Up Love as well. I have a whole chapter of text. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly that's something that yeah. I love. So yeah, her her book is great. Um, Sarah Hogle, I love both of her books. And her first one is called Twice Shy. And I love that in talking about like second chance enemies to lovers. Because it starts off with a couple that's engaged but it's also an enemy's <sighs> lovers. So that one's really fun because it's like they're already together, but they hate each yeah. other. So how are they yeah. going to find their way back to each yeah. other? I love it. So I always, finally, I always ask all of my, my guests, what are the things that make you go? Is there something that you do on a daily basis that kind of helps refill your well, top off your well, or just kind of get you going? So for me being outside, which can get tricky in Chicago in the winter, (laughs) but I still try because even if I like, sometimes I'm just walking from my house to my car and I look up at the sky and I'm like, oh my goodness, (laughs) life is amazing, right? There's just today the birds are singing, I noticed, which has not happened in I don't know how long. I'm like, oh, spring is here. But even when I'm working, if the weather is good at all, I love to take my computer outside and just sit and write. And just being in that different environment is really key for me. And then also moving my body. Uh, A lot of times I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym, which for a while wasn't even happening. Or, you know, I don't want to do it. But then what I do, I'm like, even 10 minutes of going on a walk or whatever, it just, it makes me feel so much better, just improves my outlook and yeah, so those are key for me. And then reading. I love to read. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't have time to read today. But if I do, I'm like, I'm, I'm always glad I do. Yeah, I always feel better, right? It's um, yeah. it's just something is it makes you escape, I guess, everything else that you're thinking about. It's just your because mm-hmm. your eyes are so focused on reading, in other words. But it's the same way with with I, I love that you say that when you go outside, you're like, oh, my gosh, because that's some, sometimes yeah. that's how I feel like. I have dogs, so I'll take my dogs out and suddenly I'll just walk outside and have the sudden realization like, oh, my gosh, this has been here all day long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes things seem small. Like what if I'm stressed yeah. about things, I'm like, really, in the bigger picture, it's fine. Yeah. It's going to be OK. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Chandra, for joining me today. Yes. Yeah. And thank you so much, everyone, for joining me here at the Stories to Love podcast. And I'm so glad that Chandra could join me. And we'll see you again next time. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me, Tiff Marcello, at the Stories to Love podcast. You can follow me through my newsletter at tiffmarcello.com an Instagram and Facebook page under Tiff Marcello and the Stories to Love podcast. You can support this podcast by leaving a rating, spreading the word, and picking up one of my books for you and a friend on my website at tiffmarcello.com. I'll see you again.